Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Welcome to Business Black Belts. Laura Hoover here with you. Another fantastic leader with us today, Ms. Marsha O'Connor, the CEO and founder of the O'Connor Group. Welcome to the show. Why don't you get us started? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, your kind of entire story. It's everything. Awesome. Thanks, Laura. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate that. Um, Yep. Marsha O'Connor, CEO and founder of the O'Connor Group. It is an outsourced HR and recruiting consulting company based out of King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. We've been doing this. We just celebrated 15 years and we work with mid-sized companies in regards to um, handling all their HR or a piece of it or all of their recruiting or a piece of it. We try to complement what they either have or they don't have. That's fair. How did you fall into like recruiting and like consulting? That seems like a very odd, like, okay, then again, every career choice is odd, but. Right. Yeah. There's no like one path right. anymore for people. It's very, I think 1% of people have like that path where they knew exactly at five years old what they're going to do. Um, <clears throat> I was not one of those people. So I went into school, um, I wanted to build, and people would ask me, what do you want to build? I'm like, I have no idea, but I just, I want to build something. And um, was management major, I quickly turned over to accounting, um, <clears throat> learned everything I could with good with numbers, and went into public accounting when I graduated and did that for um, several years. Went into recruiting with them. I loved it. Found an area that I really loved learning about people, seeing how they worked and, you know, the basics of how people make decisions and, um, and in really helping them in their career to be happy because so many people, unfortunately, in their jobs are not. And I'm, I went into retained search. I went into operations. Um, I went into business development under the human capital side and I was good at it. And then I had people say, you know, you could do better on your own. And you know what? Um, uh, my son was six at the time. And he, true story, he looked up after me and he said, Mom, can I see you more? And I said, yeah, yes. And so six months later, um, that I took my little bonus and I said, I'm going to take six months and, and make this work. And when you first start a company, it's really funny because you have a lot of people around you that I think everybody wants to start a company. And they always think about starting a company. But when you start a company, instead of the encouragement, I think sometimes they'll just be like, hey, how long are you doing this for before your next job? And I would laugh and say, well, no, this this is my last job. This is what I want to do. And so, and then they realize like, well, good luck with that and see how it goes. And they don't, there are people that want you to be successful. And then there are people that don't want you to be successful because they're jealous that they didn't do it themselves. And, um, and you really have to stick to your gum and you really have to believe in yourself and have yourself surrounded by people that believe in you as well. So we started out in my basement and I remember my first day I had, um, my computer, um, my phone and there was no emails and, um, except from like target. And, uh, ironically enough, it was just like, okay, well, how do you get started? Pick up the phone. And I had my big Rolodex those things. It's a Rolodex is something that you keep your business cards in for those millennials out there. Um, and I went through that whole Rolodex and said, let's get together and talk about what I was doing. And you had to figure out what you were selling. 
and I was good in recruiting. So I started out doing um, recruiting and, uh, and I had clients that believed in me and started giving me some jobs and, and off we went. And so it, it was, it was getting down to the point of what we wanted to sell, how we were going to sell it and how we were different. And then once you started having conversations with people and saying, here's an hour of time, this is how we're going to spend it. Half an hour is going to be about how I can help you. The next half an hour is how you're going to help me. And I would always leave my three fingers up at the very end because people are visual and they would remember two of the three that they wouldn't always remember the three, but remembering two things to help to talk to two other people started bringing the phone calls in. And then I would meet with those people and here I'm more so not talking about what we do, but how I can help them. What's keeping you up at night? And that's basically how the business started. It started more on the recruiting side. And then we moved into the HR side because a lot of these companies or HR processes were a mess. And now we would go in and try to fix all that and get it smooth. And, and then we would just um, hire more consultants. And I didn't hire my first full-time person until I was three years into it. And now we have about almost 80 employees around the country wow. and we're 15 years into it. So something works. Well, there, there, there's a lot that I want to pick out of all of that. Um, but, but the first one is, is how do you start? Okay. So you start in recruiting, right? You, you kind of find it like that. That's your, let's call it your, your one offering, your, your one solid gold thing. How do you start to right. add different offerings or branch out? Like I see an opportunity here, or is it like, do you hear things like we need more of this? Can you help also with this? Like, what, what does that look like? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it really comes down to the need. And you have to be a really good listener when you first start out. I think a lot of people will be like, well, this is what I do. And I stick to this, those yeah. guns. And, you know, you have to pull back and just listen to what's needed. So they'll like, you know what I really need? I need this. You're like, can you do that? And you sit back and you're saying, if it pays the bills and puts food on my table, you better believe I can do that. You know, and I'm one of those quick studies that I could pick up anything pretty fast that um, even though my husband was like, I would tell him this funny story. We'd have these dinner conversations. And I said, well, I told him that my team would get back to them about this and this. He's like, your team, it's just you. I said, no, I said, my team is me, myself and I, they didn't need to know that I had no employees. I said, they had to think that I was bigger than I was. You know, I had, I live in the same city that my company is now based in. And I have an office now, which I'm talking to you from, and it's a mile away from home. But for the, when I started, because it was King of Prussia, I would put down Sweet 100 and people say, well, why'd you do that? I said, because people needed to know that I made it. People needed to know that I was, I was doing well enough to afford my own place. And people would try to be like, hey, let's meet at your offices. And I can't tell you how many times I would tell them it's under construction. Do you mind if we meet at your place instead? I love seeing, we're going to work together. I want to know your environment, your culture. People love that because it also made less travel for them. And, and that's what I would do. And I had no money my first few years either. And we go right back into the company. And so instead of having lunches and breakfast, I would tell people I'm like, you know, my calendar is really full that day. How about we meet for a coffee at like one Oh, sure. No problem. That sounds good because I didn't have the money for it, but you can't let them know that. You sort of have to, as as I mentioned before out there on TED Talks, you got to fake it till you make it. That is so true. And, and, and with that, like, as you said, like, you're 15 years into this thing. You're, you're about 80 people. How is that transition? Because, you know, you also hear these stories about, like, 
well, getting past ten people is hard. Well, getting past one person is, is hard, having someone else. So, like, how has that progression been to be able to, like, is it lessen the load? Does it put more load on? Um, I think it's, you, you got to put things in perspective. You know, I'm uh, financially astute. So my biggest thing was to make sure I paid payroll and to make sure that my team was taken care of and the beds were taken care of and not have much debt. And I know a lot of people have grown a lot by borrowing a lot and doing all that. And God bless them. I think that's great. Um, but I like sleep and I hated panic attacks. So the first three years we had a lot of panic attacks because you know, my first hire was after three years and literally she left a full-time job to come on board with me. She totally trusted me. I didn't have any benefits to offer her. I didn't have a 401k to offer her. So she was leaving all that because she was unhappy where she was. She had worked for somebody who referred her to me that worked for me, who knew what I wanted and what I was like. And it's been a great match. And she's still with me to this day and she's phenomenal. And, you know, it's so funny because it's after a year before I met her in person, actually. And you have to take a leap of faith on some things in life. And she was definitely a, a good leap. And, um, but going from one person was really hard because it's all of a sudden like, well, I'm responsible for someone's everyday life. And that's a lot of responsibility. And that's hard. Number two is five. Five's not bad because you can still control it and get it going. 20 is not bad because you can control it. But then your expenses get higher because you got to start thinking, Let's talk about benefits now, because if we don't put it in the budget now, it's only going to get more expensive mm -hmm. down the road. And now, like at obviously 50 employers, it's required. And I tell people right now, I would suggest either five to 10 employees get benefits program in there, even if it's voluntary, but just get something in there, because it's eventually going to be on your um, your income statement. So um, get used to that cost now. And, you know, and just be honest with them and just say, hey, here's where we're at. But when you're a private company, you don't always share everything because I do believe if you give them a quarter, they want 50 cents and they don't understand the back end pieces that makes a company work. They just see, oh, you're making all this money. I'm like, well, not really because 40% goes to the government and this goes to basically paying rent and this goes for basically taking care of that. And oh, by the way, we're going to need five more computers because uh, backups enough, we need them. And, and people forget all those different pieces that go in there. So there's a lot to do with it. To go past 50 employees is definitely a hump. Um, there's a lot more different things about communication, um, about like who gets what and where. And like at 20 people, you know, you can be like, hey, take the day off tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. You guys have worked hard. 80 people, a little yeah. different, you know. And, and, you know, now you have consistency. You have to make sure benefits are the same. You have to make sure that... You're not giving bonus one person, not the other person. You have to be very consistent. And it's a legal issue now. So it, it really changes. And then also it's like how many chefs are in the kitchen? You know, how many is enough to make it happy? Because now you can't have everybody report into you. You don't want more than five people reporting into a person at any given time. So how do you do that to pull it apart? And are they ready to be a manager? And are we giving them right training? You know, are they persons that could move up in our company and be supportive? And some people will go above and beyond and some people just, um, I call them the Robins. They just constantly want to be fed and you have to be careful when you're growing your company, you know, how many people you want to move up and how many people probably are going to move up, but they just like what they're doing. Does, does going over that like big, like management hump start to also impact culture? Because I feel like you could also get into a rut, not a bad rut or nor a good rut either. 
it's just it, right? That you're very comfortable at like let's say ten or twenty. It's very manageable. It's kind of this linear system, right? You don't really need to have that um, structure in place, so it, it it can feel very homely or very wholesome, um, like environment. But then once you start putting that structure in place, it can almost feel different. Is that uh, am I misinterpreting? Um, that potential feeling or no i think it's basically um for management side of the house you have to be clear about expectations you have to be clear about communication you also um, have to have some kind of a process so it wasn't until 2016 that i met um, an individual who um, was an eos implementer and eos stands for um, entrepreneur operating system and we just met to just network and I knew I needed some kind of a system that I couldn't put my fingers on, but I knew I needed something. And after that meeting, I just said, Eureka, this is exactly what I need. And once you get that system and a process that's out there that has the tools for people, process, and technology, um, it gets much easier about how you're going to communicate. Yeah. What are your core values? What is our mission? What are we selling? What's our price points? And then everybody's on the same page of it. So when they have their individual meetings, they're talking about the same thing. So it's the same language all the way down. I think a lot of companies that communication gets lost without some kind of a system in there. So I'm a huge fan of EOS. Um, I market it out there all the time, but everybody has to find their own. Sometimes it's scaling up. Sometimes it's EOS. There's a bunch of different programs that are out there, but I think you need something to figure out as a team, where you're going, how are you communicating that? Where's your long-term vision? What's your three, one-year plan, your three-year plan, your 10-year plan? And really, you know, break it down per month, per week, per day, and then having that communication together. So what's important to measure for a company as a team? That's fair. Okay, going, I'm going to, this might be a little bit of a tougher question. Going back to those really early days, when, when did you decide to push forward versus just giving up? Uh, because it's not like we can always have like, this is going to work. This is going to work. This is going to work. We, we, we're human. We have doubts. Like, was, was there ever like moments in that where it's like, no, forget your doubts. This is going to work. I'm going to do this. So I think every day as an entrepreneur, you have doubts. <laughs> um, that is as part of the process and you need to be okay with it. I think it wasn't until my fifth year into business and seeing a system and having a process and seeing it working that you had to get over the fact that like, you know what, if you believe in it, you have good value, you take care of your customers, you take care of your employees, you really are going to be okay. There really isn't any magic sauce. It's just basically doing what you say you're going to do and do a good job. And a lot of companies, I think, forget to do that. And so what we have set up as a relationship, we have a really good reputation in the area because that's what we do. And we're very honest. If I mess up, I'll tell you I messed up. And I will do the right thing to make sure that if, you know, if I owe you something, I'll, I'll take care of that. Um, <clears throat> and I think because of that, um, we've got a decent reputation. So work comes in very easily for us now. But I remember the days when it didn't, you know, and when you were like praying that I had four checks in the mail that day to pay for payroll, and you get to the point now where all that money, the extra money went back into the company and people are like, how'd you do that? I said, well, you, you gotta be okay to give up a lot. You know, I didn't have 
an office for seven years. I didn't have, you know, um, you know, the things I have here about like, you know, even extra printers and things like that. And I didn't have it. You make do. I was a coupon clipper, you know, everything I had, even the food, I would goose coupons and, and you have to be like, but if you really want it, you gotta, you gotta show grit. And even with employees today, like, it's so funny. They all think like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? And I ask some questions that really pulls out that person. I don't want to whiff them. I want a person that has that grit. And I see that grit. I don't care what age you are. I'm going to help you get promoted very quickly, as well as I want to help you get to that next level. You know, I got pulled back so much because I was that eager beaver. And I can't tell you how many times when I was 30 years old, like, you know, you definitely have that grit, but you're still young. So you need to wait. I just can't stand that because I feel like, why are you pushing me down? And um, so I have people on my team that I'm like, if you're ready for it, the long haul and the grit, and I see it there, great. But I think a lot of people just don't, some want to work extra and some just don't. I've made no bones about it. And that's great. You know, if you want to work with us like that, so be it. But there's a lot of people that do want to get ahead and I'm going to help them get ahead. But you have to, you got to still work for it. That's That's all. Now, along come almost similar lines. Was there a moment that it was just like, like a light bulb or like a, it just clicked for you that, oh, actually, yeah, we are doing this. Like, this is working. Like, heck yeah. Um, I would say probably in my, um, my third year, we, um, so uh, 2009 was horrible for every entrepreneur out there and funding just got as tight as possible. And I remember it was that Christmas of 2008 when um, I had five clients at the time. Four of them called within two weeks and said, um, Mars, I'm really sorry, but we ran out of funding. So we can't, at the end of the year, we're done with your consultant. Four of them. So I had one left and I had a phenomenal public accounting firm whom um, I'm so friends with today that kept me going. And that was, you would think, from January until May when one client, and I tried everything for business development and getting out there and nobody Nobody was doing anything in hiring consultants, nobody. And so I basically, um, you know, I was a big faith person. I was just like, God, I just need one more client. I just need one more client. And lo, I'll never forget, I left that client. I was in Philadelphia, I was going in the elevator, and my dear, dear friend um, called me up, and he's like a, like a, a mentor out there for me. And he said, hey, I might have something for you. They have four positions. It's a company down in Dallantown. It's a manufacturing company. Um, can you be there, um, you know, tomorrow? Like, I'm your girl. Sign me up. I'm there. And when I went in, I was like, I had the my best clothes on. I read everything about that company. I had questions for them. You name it. I was ready to go because failure was not an option. I had to win this client over. So I go in there, and the very end, he's like, well, can you start on Tuesday? Because it's after Memorial Day. I'm like, yes, I can. And it was really to hit four positions. And I'm very curious and I like getting along with people and making friends and really strong relationships. And I just started asking a lot of questions and being nice and where are you from and what do you do? And I realized quickly that the recruiting team there, like there was one person doing it and she was just overloaded. They let her go and um, she was just really ill-equipped in the first place. I felt so bad for her, but they hated recruiting. They hated recruiting. And so I was in there trying to ask questions of how to, I'm like, I can fix this for you. And they're like, oh, well, what can you do? I said, we can do this and this. And then all of a sudden 
I had more hours. Then all of a sudden, that's when I hired my first full-time person because I was just doing incredible amount of hours. And my, my one girlfriend who was helping me on the side, she said, I have a person for you. And that's when she introduced me to my, uh, my employee. And, and then, you know, and then I put four other people onto the client as well. I hired four more people and that was scary, you know, because you had to make sure that if, if this job fell through or something or money fell through, I would be putting these people on the streets and I don't want to ever do that. So, um, you just had to make sure that I did above and beyond. I was there the first one. I would be the last person to leave. I would work there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Mondays and Fridays, I was doing business development and I was out from morning to night. And the funniest thing is, um, and my, I did it for my son. One of the reasons why I did it, I still always found time to make breakfast. And I always made time to make sure I dropped them off. And I made sure I was home to pick them up for the bus. I made sure I made dinner, you know, and I would just go back to bed. He would go to bed at nine and I would, I'd probably work till, uh, two o'clock in the morning, you know, and be up at six, make breakfast and, you know, get, he would get dressed and off we would go again. And I'm like, we're going to make it. And, um, and that's when, once I got that system down and ironically enough, I will never forget the one person in procurement and she and I had gotten tight and she just said, you know, she pulled the invoice over and she said, you know, you're not charging us enough. And I said to her like, what? And she said, I'm going to help you out here. She's like, you should be probably charging 20 bucks more. And I sat there like, no way. She said, yeah. She said, you're really underselling. And I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. And um, so I started doing that and nobody even flinched. And that's when I knew if you offer really good service, don't be so worried about the cost because usually they, they just want someone to get it done and do it well. And I learned all of that while going through all this. So now I use that out there, but we really do do great service. And I do believe it's worth it. And we do save companies a lot of money, what we do. And we love helping with our processes and procedures and all. But it's been interesting to see, you know, there were times to be like, there's a lot of headaches involved. There's some clients you have to talk to. And a lot of clients can be unhappy. And my goal is to make everybody happy. But one thing I've learned with employees and clients, you will never make everybody happy. And, and that's okay. It's their choice not yours. And you can do the best you can to bring the horse to, the, to yeah. the water. So getting away from business for just a second. Um, sure. What do you do to kind of get away, relax, de-stress? You talked a little bit about like in your, like in, in the earlier years about it, but what do you do like currently to be able to, to just be able to be you? Um, I'm um, a walker. So I like taking long walks when it's nice and warm, much warmer outside. I like taking um, walk and talks and I'll tell my team, if you want to talk to me at five, I like going for my walk and they love it because they have 100% of me versus a computer or a, a phone and all in front of me. And so they really appreciate that. Um, but my best, most creative ideas have come from walking by far. And that's my Zen. And I really love that as well as the water, I like being near water. Um, so we have a house, um, down the shore and, and that is my Zen as well. I'm a different person down there when I cross that bridge and, um, you need to get away. I mean, I'm still working, don't get me wrong, but sometimes a change of scenery or environment, but I would say for me, it's the walking and I love walking where there's lots of trees and there's color or a stream. Yes. You know, I just, I feel like nature just talks to you and I, I'm telling you all the creative things we've done here the ideas came to me via walking to be honest with you it's like the better version of shower thoughts yes 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 
Exactly. Just, just, yeah. It's where I do my singing. Just being yep. able mm -hmm. to just get out, relax. Do you typically like hiking or is it more just like casual walking or is it, can you do both? Like mix it? Okay. I like both. Um, I used to belong to, a, um, before I was married, I belonged to a hiking group actually. And I absolutely loved it. And I was like, I gotta do more of this. But you know, I don't think my husband's much hiker as he's just more like, let's go for a walk gotcha. on the trail. But um, I try to get a lot of girlfriends that I haven't seen for a while now and just say, hey, what are you doing Saturday morning? Let's go for like a two hour walk and catch up. And it's so great, even with people who are going through things, one of the best things you guys can do is do a walk with somebody because typically you're not looking him in the eye when you're walking, you're looking forward, right? So sometimes they're more honest with you because they're a lot looking in the eye and they really share a lot of things with you. And so I appreciate that because um, I'm getting my exercise out of it. But if I can help somebody too, it's totally worth it. No, you're absolutely right. Like you do, like it's, it's walking and just being able to connect to someone else. And you also kind of feel like you're in a private area, right? You're out in nature, like yes. it's secure. You're not distracted by anything else. You're able, like, no, it's calming. Totally like, calming. I mean, obviously, like the 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 nature surrounding you is calming. The exercise is calming yes. you down. So it's like yes. a double calm <laughs> storm. It's, yeah. it's the best, and then you feel refreshed when you come back yeah. in, and you feel good about yourself, and um. I don't know, just the coolness outside just makes you feel like you're breathing the deep yes. air. It's so awesome. And um, yeah, I'm a big outdoor girl yes. person. So. Outdoor for the win. Love Walking it. for the win. Yep. All right. I want to thank you also tip. for coming on Business Black Belts today. Uh, if people want to get in contact with you, whether it be more about you, whether it be more about the business, is going to be LinkedIn the best way? Is going through the website the best way? Maybe email? Ah, thanks, Laura. I would say LinkedIn's probably great. I'm on LinkedIn pretty much every day now. I, um, you can always email me too, but the fastest way probably is on LinkedIn. Just so forget O'Connors are all O's um, when you see my name out there. And uh, feel free. I do respond pretty much to everybody, um, except for those extra sales calls once in a while. But um, it's I try to get back to people. And if I can help you any way out there, let us know. We've helped out so many people and a lot of people are going through a tough time right now. There are a lot of layoffs that are starting to happen. And so we're there to help out whatever you need. We have a really cool coffee and connections webinar that we do, um, I would say every other month right now. And the idea is to help people as to what to do, different steps, working with their resume, working with their LinkedIn. So it's pretty, it's pretty Amazing. cool. Reach out if you have any questions. Um, but thank you so much for coming on Business Black Belts. It was an absolute pleasure. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and then same to all of our listeners. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Business Black Belts. Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks.